Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barry Carlin, and with me today, I'm delighted to have Steiner on the chat with me. I have Josh and Keen on from Steiner, a band that I saw a couple of weeks ago open for True Home and was just blown away. Um, I think the best way to describe it was fuzz. <laughs> just an awesome grunge band so i was more than delighted when uh, alm promotions anna from alm promotions got onto me because they're doing a night nutshell grunge are doing a night called shell shock where basically they're getting some of the top grunge bands in ireland to do a night in limerick so you'd be featuring uh, bands like vendetta love ritual effect pretty limited luna sky and motion sickness as well as also steiner so we're here to talk about that night um also steiner's music and uh, their debut ep first contact which was out earlier this year so uh, yeah plenty to go on uh that festival by the way is on the 4th of november uh in limbrick pharmacia so it should be a fantastic night so plenty to chat about i'm going to get on with the episode here's the theme music by zach stevenson Podcast time. Hi, everybody. We're here for a new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm delighted to have uh, Joshua and Keen with me of the band Steiner. Lads, thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure having you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on, man. No problem. It's an absolute pleasure. As I was saying before we started, um, I saw you guys open for True Home. That's when I, fir- when I first saw you. And when we were walking up, because it was in Whelan's, uh, we could hear you outside before the gig had even, like, before we were even in the building. I was like, Jesus Christ, that is insanely loud. And then oh, uh, and then we were downstairs and the security guard was like, he's like, yeah, the lads have started. Uh, they're not fucking quiet, are they? <laughs> <laughs> My mom says similar stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> does she, does she, does she like the music you play? Um, She's actually, yeah, she, she enjoys some of it. Some of it, yeah. Uh, yeah to, like, if, uh, have you listened to our EP? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like some some of it's a lot harder and some mm. of it's a lot kind of easier going. Yeah, um, I, I have questions about it because it, it's a fantastic EP. I love Mustachio. I thought <laughs> a, a quick shout out to my dad. He has Mustachio as his ringtone. <laughs> I love God, that. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, my my parents now hate my music uh to a ridiculous degree. And even like um because they're, they're like they're quite old school conservative so whenever they have like the metal albums coming on they're just like oh we didn't raise you right at all and i was <laughs> like you wrote you raised me on stiff little fingers and undertones like what do you, <laughs> where do you think it was gonna go yeah, but uh something to build on like 100%. <laughs> exactly uh like we always kind of start these episodes off with uh, when we have musicians on it's like how did you actually get into the music that you play now so if you just want to take turns on that oh yeah josh you go first you're uh... um uh, well, I was my dad had has a fairly vast music taste anyway, so I grew up listening to a lot of um, some of my favorite guitar players wouldn't even be in a metal genre like Buddy Holly and uh, oh really oh yeah Buddy Holly Hank Marvin nice people like that and uh, yeah I just got into grunge in my early teens I'd say <laughs> like bands like Silver Chair and awesome uh, Bleach was one of my favorite records for ages and uh, I think that crafted the kind of odd the oddball guitar playing and then <laughs> I, I met this lovely man who used to drum at like 180 bpm and no less <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> and then when when jack came in it like uh he brought the kind of doom influence in and then it all slowed down and just became 
weird stoner prog grunge music. <laughs> nice. And I think I think that's what. Yeah. yeah. No, as uh, as he said, like I I kind of started playing like you know all the I my parent my mom actually had a drummer, um, like a neighbor when she was younger. All right. Okay. As a drummer. So when I came home and I was like, I really want to start playing an instrument, and I think I'd really like the drums. Um, my mom didn't, as most people's mother say, say, you know, no, you can't make a lot of noise in the house. <laughs> and, um, I had at the time, I actually had a neighbor who was also a drummer who lent me a full drum kit. Oh, wow. really? Oh, nice. Uh, the full kit, like? Full kit. <laughs> he had a second one because he gigged himself at the time and he had a second one. So um, his name is Maliki. Lovely guy now. He's actually he's passed on since. But um. Between my mother liking drums and my neighbor being a drummer, I think everything just kind of lined up really well. You didn't really have a choice I, in that. <laughs> I could get to a point where I could make a lot of noise and it actually sounded good by the time I kind of got to college and started meeting other capable musicians, you know? Mm. Not us. <laughs> um, like there was, you know, tiny little small bands working up because, you know, I'm a drummer. Like I, I always, I've always been able to find people to make noise with because everyone always needs a drummer. <laughs> And uh, I just, me and Josh just started jamming initially, making kind of our own stuff, you know, doing a few little covers, things like that. And um, we just revived that, you know, like between the two of us, we kind of, we get each other. It's very easy. I find it very easy to write music with Josh. And then when Jack came in with his bass and his style and just, we just meshed. Like it's, you know, it's, it's very, it's very fun. It's very natural, I think, to make music as a group. So yeah. it's just, it works like, you know. No, like it even, even just like as I said, I've seen you live, you look like you're having fun on stage live as well, which is always the best sign for it. Like when you're watching it, you're like, yeah, they're enjoying it. Oh, uh, where did the name Steiner come from? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> did you not think I was uh, going to ask you that? No. <laughs> no I, I was afraid you would. <laughs> uh, to, to make an unnecessary long story a bit shorter, um, I had a, a, a mate of ours, what, six years ago nearly now? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was requesting that something tobacco related be rolled for me and, um, uh, he, okay. he rolled it, but it was a bit, uh, the top of it was wonky. It was bent and it reminded me of, um, E.T.'s finger. <laughs> so, um, I kept saying it was a, a Franken joint cause you know, it, been, it looked like it was built together by multiple parts. Mm. And, uh, then I kept saying Franken joint and you weren't really on that wavelength. And then I kept saying Frankensteiner, uh, at the, my brain just went to that, and then I kept saying Steiner, and then uh, th- th- we're all like, "That's not a word." And then eventually, uh, <laughs> it just uh, it stuck. <laughs> that yeah. is that's one of the best uh, bad story days I've heard in a long time. That's good. It's, I it's, like that. <laughs> it's definitely one of the stupidest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it was? Um, I forgot. I don't know if you know the origin for Corin's origin origin of their name. Do you? I do not know. No, uh, I because I didn't have because follow the leader was twenty. I think it was thirty years old or twenty five years old, like in August. I was like, oh, I'm going away on holiday, so I'll do a fill in episode of that. I was like, what did they? I can't remember where did they get the name from again. And it was like some guy took a shit on a t- on a table that had corn in it, and they were like, that's the band name. I was like, <laughs> oh, for God's sake! <laughs> it was something along those lines. Anyway, it was something. Gr- I remember I was eating as well when I was reading. I was like, God damn it! I forgot corn are absolutely rotten. But uh, <laughs> I mean, like, all of the leader, great album. Though. Yeah, it's a good album. Great it's album. so well. Some parts of it have aged uh, questionably. <laughs> well, yeah, 
you the know, Fred Durst song is not great. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, there's a couple of, you know, they can't take that back now. <laughs> uh, got, the, got the Life is a brilliant song, so. Um... <laughs> like the disco influence that Korn um, have, for me, is just fantastic. I, I really like it. There's a whole, the, the whole uh, hip-hop and, like, disco influence that... I- I do think they're one of the best bands to do it for sure. Like there was a lot of copycat bands, um, but like Corn, like I've seen Corn Life four times. I was a huge fan when I was younger. Still am a bit. I still really, really. I would happily go see them any day, any day of the week. But uh, yeah, no, there was something that set them apart. Also, Jonathan Davis's singing style is oh, it's crazy. It's oh, crazy. It's, it's it's insane. Never forget the day I saw him bust out. Was it the bagpipes or the Ellen pipes? Oh, fuck <laughs> and I yeah. was like, man. <laughs> There's a, that, I don't know if you've ever seen it, there's that, there's that um, it's them playing live, uh, they're playing Shoots and Ladders live somewhere, and he's, he brings out the bagpipes, and it's like, it's a whole, he just keeps doing this, and then once the beat starts in, like, bopping to it, while the whole crowd is just mosh-pitting like crazy, it's like, who would have thought people could mosh to the Illum pipes, like? <laughs> but, it's like, nuts. I, I still think, is it Woodstock 99? I was they play blind yeah. at the start, and the whole crowd just turns to liquid. If you ever see crazy, Jonathan it's Davis, crazy. they're too good though. Go the... <laughs> on, sorry, what was going to say? No, okay. I was saying the 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 vibe and the beat and their music is just so it's really really good. Mm, I like, know. Being in a crowd and a crowd, it's, it's hard to match. Like, no, I did experience. Like. They're they're like in Jonathan Davis now. Like I always, the last one I saw was like five years ago. And he's still well able to perform as well. It's still very good. We could talk about corn all day. Actually, this is not corn's episode. <laughs> what was I saying? So how did it kind of like you figure out like when did you kind of go like oh shit this is the sound of the band because the the EP itself first contact has quite a lot of variations on it. Like it's quite a varied album uh, EP, which is great to listen to. It's like oh shit they can do anything. <laughs> I mean, I think. Not to speak for all of us, but uh, I don't think we necessarily try to write in a certain genre of music. I think mm. it's just, you know, Mustachio is a great example of that. That was, I was just messing about with a chord progression and I made the joke that Jimi Hendrix would hate that if he was still alive. <laughs> and then it just became a, it was just the, whatever sounds good. And, you know, there's a lot of weird uh, different like chord progressions and things mm. you can take from different genres of music but as soon as you put a fuzz pedal on them they just it turns it on its head <laughs> so, uh, I think I think you described was it a it was like a band that has more fuzz than a 10, pe- ten piece <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's quite accurate <laughs> it's great uh, it's just because we're deaf men <laughs> <laughs> like you'll notice as the sets go on as well like me and Josh just get progressively more deaf <laughs> Yep. and there's a lot more like looking at each other and like I'm like looking at Josh being like okay this is where he's about to do this to make sure I'm saying in time because it's like yeah what is... points where neither of us can hear anything but like, yeah, it's that, like... I was about to say what is it like being on that stage when you play because um when I saw I remember even just walking into the room and being like fucking hell the, the, the sheer volume of noise that hits you it is good. like it's it's awesome I, I quite like it but uh can you use can you hear each other like at all by the end of it or are you actually are you genuinely serious you're probably definitely <laughs> I mean it, it depends on the show Oh, yeah. You know, like sometimes you can hear each other perfectly. Um, every time I'm on stage, I get swiftly reminded that I should have been wearing ear protection for like the last <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> but um, yeah, as soon as I'm on stage, man, it's like a high ringing tinnitus. And then eventually I hear a keen going, good set, man. That's all I hear, you know, for the most part. Like. So you really... there's, there's definitely parts, I think, where, um, you know, like there's certain parts where I personally would listen more 
out for like the bass line in certain parts of songs and then the guitar in certain parts or the vocal cues and it's like it's uh it's fun hmm. <laughs> like, we all kind of we there's certain times where you see us play like a few different times and sometimes there we do end up acting and stuff like that it's you know it's, it's like music you know hmm. sometimes the song ends up a little longer because you just you're feeling it and it goes a bit longer and sometimes you just don't want to stop you know <laughs> there's, oh, shit. there's parts in songs on that record um that are only the way they are now because we did something live that worked really well and we kept it in yeah oh really okay interesting um yeah because the, the, like the ep came out this year um what 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 was it like going in to record it like did the, did you write it in there did you have these set songs or like okay these are the ones that that we're gonna um, go with we've had those uh, we've had most of our live material has been written for a couple of years. We've done work on them and changed them mm. in those years. But um, yeah, so we had that that EP is kind of songs that don't really they don't necessarily have a concept that fits with a a concept record or anything else. They're kind of the wild card songs, I guess you could say mm. necessarily <laughs> slot into to anything. So there's a like there's some of them who, that that have a theme behind them and they they continue on into each other but on first contact it's more just um here's here's five songs that are not even really in the same genre as each other but have some relating themes and then we just went in what it took like what seven hours or something to do it oh yeah we just it was one one day of recording we oh, live wow. tracked it. it's a live track with the vocals done over holy shit okay <laughs> seven that. hours I'd, I'd say so. It was a good old day, yeah. Yeah, it was a day in there. Um, we wanted to like capture the the live sound that we have and put it on the EP. So mm. that EP is basically just a, a live performance, just done in the studio. Oh wow, it sounds phenomenal. I was listening to it and I was just like, this it, and it's it's so cool. I bought myself a brand new pair of headphones recently, and I was just like, okay, cool. I'll check them out on like st- all the different metal stuff that was, and put that on. I was like, the fuzz on this, the heft on it, it's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, there's That's, some fat low end on there. That there really <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> The huge um, credit to Joey Mulcahy as well. Couldn't yeah, have done say, it where, the, where did you record it? In a open door studios in Limerick, and uh, uh, Joey called it quits with it. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd say few months ago. the Christmas we were recording that in like uh, November of last year. Yeah, and by the time he was finished mixing and mastering, it was kind of December, and pretty much he called it quits like January. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, He's um he just kind of you know it was a it, it's hard he was like running the whole thing on his own and he was renting it out as like a practice space to most of the Limerick bands yeah like but like off the top of my head like us and Slump from Tree have both used to practice there oh wow okay on the regular so like Joey was like he was a cornerstone there's a lot of bands in Limerick over the last like, ten years that wouldn't even be thrown around if it wasn't for Joey if he yeah didn't have the space there to do it. Oh, fair play to him. I think I did hear about when that was closing, there was quite a bit of, uh, you know, this is kind of an end of an era almost type of thing. That's yeah. on like, yeah, you know, social media. That's amazing. So, like, sorry, how long was he running for us? Running it for? Uh, oh, geez, Open Door was... Oh, I'd say it's, it's e- it was easy about eight years at least. At oh, least. wow. Oh, that yeah, is a bit of a loss now. Oh, I hope he's doing okay now. Uh, he's uh, going on to big and better things. Yeah, he kind of wanted, you know, he wanted to do more for himself and less... Like he said, he had no social life at all, and he found himself a missus, and he was like, "Look, he wants to go on another chapter in his life." Like you know, like oh, I, well, I respect it. I'm just, I'm, I'm so honored that he was able to be there with us to make this. Oh like, yeah, the record. 
So do you, are you, is your record the last record that he did? Um, I'm not sure if it's the last that he mixed or mastered, but I'm pretty sure it was the last to record in there, I think. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, it's 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 such like do you, uh, you well I was going to say you banned the like recording but you did it so quickly <laughs> it's kind of hard um, to <laughs> yeah I don't even know if we can answer that <laughs> yeah. I do find it interesting that you so when you say you write when you're playing live like do you, like is that kind of you could be doing a show and then in the first song you're just like shit remember that at the end of the set <laughs> is that like yeah kinda... I mean sometimes it comes from mistakes just as much as it does just general improv you know because we at heart are definitely an improv band. Like most of these riffs and things got written from jamming and and improv and we, we we're we're fuckers for doing that on stage a lot as well you know just random improv <laughs> or pulling Inspector Gadget out for some reason things like that. <laughs> what do you mean by Inspector Gadget? Oh, oh no, we we uh, sometimes if we're carried getting carried away enough, uh, we'll just pull out a cover of Inspector Gadget. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's necessarily musically correct, but it gets the point across, you know. <laughs> uh, Kia, I was wondering if you could elaborate on this. That because um, everybody has, you know, it's guitars, vocals, bass, vocals on Bandcamp, and then yours is drums and emotional support. <laughs> <laughs> if you wonder yeah, if you yeah, could, we, well, we all insist on that. <laughs> um, it's it's half the thing I think of. Um, oh, like. It, it kind of goes back to that friendship that we have that kind of started the band. Like we're we're all we are all here. Like we're basically brothers. Like, mm. like we are all so close, and it's more than just a band. Like it kind of started off as the three of us getting together, making music for the crack, and then it kind of became Steiner. You know, and Jack Jack had a shed which fulfilled one of mine and Keen's like three year long wishes. You know, <laughs> we were desperate for anyone with a shed, and then Jack had one, and we were like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, so like uh, I think about about eight months before Jack came on as the bassist, um, I was trying to pay him to use a shed practice. Yeah, first time we met him actually. Yeah, because yeah. he he started dating um friend of ours, and we were like, oh, this guy's cool. He likes cool music. Um, and we, we kind of strong-armed him. He was a he was a, <laughs> he was a drummer. He was a drummer slash guitarist. And we were kind of like, we need a basis. So like, you know, you're going to play the bass. And credit where credit, that <laughs> that man sat in my old apartment, man, like not being a bass player and learned some of the most stupid riffs <laughs> on the planet. And they were like three times faster at the time as well. And he literally like, he was pretty much a competent bass, but he might not necessarily agree, but he was a competent bass player within like a matter of weeks. Wow. It was kind of, cra- it was kind of crazy. He, he learned that instrument very, very fast. Shit, good for him. <laughs> Why? What was the what was the whole thing about the shed? Like, why it was just just for a practice space, was it? Yeah, yeah, because this was um this was before we caught wind of Joey's. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> we didn't we didn't know Joey's was the thing that people were using, and we tried to find him a few times, but he he used to be in a basement under a scout hall in yeah. Limerick City near John Square. If you ever been there, um, but. <laughs> From the outside, it's just like a Victorian-looking kind of house. <laughs> there's no, there's no sign. There's no phone number. It's just like, like you either, you either know, or you know. It would have been the last place you'd ever think to check for a music studio. In I was about to say, like the scene. It's like fucking turned up to the Adams family houses. Of the, it's a studio uh, outside. Like, that's you awesome. See, pictures of some of the bands and stuff. Um, another one, I think. Uh, I think War of Attrition. If you, you probably heard of them, they're up and going. I've definitely around. heard of them. Yeah. Um, they practice. to the boy. Yeah, good, fantastic musicians. They're lovely lads. They've done a few gigs with them now, and they're they're lovely people. But um, I did a few of their videos they have posted up 
are in Joey's. And you can see like all the old stone walls and like arches and stuff. And like it's oh, a proper class. like the castle Limerick, dungeon. It's a, it's a Limerick basement, like with like old like vaulty ceilings and stone and everything. And but like, uh, he still recorded some fantastic music in it. I don't know how he managed it, but it sounds like <laughs> but he also like Joey very much was like the unspoken extra member of a lot of Limerick bands, I feel. You know, like because he was he set set in and listened to those practices or ours anyway for the three or four years he'd been to gigs and things. So he he kind of he had a more hands on approach. He already mm. knows what the musicians sound like before he even records you. So he's he's familiar with you and he's kind of like the Fort Steiner member really is doing. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Like um, we didn't even it was such an easy thing to be like, we need Joey to record this music because he has heard it go from like double speed almost like punk grunge into what it finally turned into like he, he's heard the whole journey of us getting to the sound that he wanted and he used to play Elden Ring in the other room <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. no, jo- Joey was the uh there was no way we were going to put out a debut uh, any debut recording without Joey being on it I think we all just kind of mutually agreed on that from the jump Oh no, he did a fantastic job on it. Like his, his sincerity, it's it sounds awesome. And also, by the way, another thing as well, the artwork on it is absolutely gorgeous as well that you have for the cover. Who who created that? That is uh Roseanne and Jerry, they're um Jack's sisters. They're uh oh, right, okay. incredible artists. Yeah, they do um a lot of the designs for Siege as well. Yeah, Siege and Limerick merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still need to go to that as well. Um, I, I, oh, yeah, can't, sure. I, I can't believe I've never been to Siege. Like, you've never gone to Siege? Though. I've never been to it, no. <laughs> I, get, I get given out to by a lot of bands that I talk to going, like, how could you fucking interview all these bands and you've never gone to that? It's meant to be absolutely incredible. Like, I need oh, no, to the go. lads in Bad Rep like, outdo themselves with Siege, for sure. Like, it's, uh, it's no easy feat, man. I can't imagine yeah. it is. It's a lot of bands like, and yeah. a lot of very, very, very good bands as well. Um, no, I'd love to go. I even saw like didn't follow hell headline in one year. I was just like, oh, what are my favorite bands? I miss them. They've had some mad names in that festival years ago, and it's like if you go back through the years and see all the posters, like it's literally just like a who's who of Irish metal, like (laughs) by that, like the the top like three or four people that are kind of making waves in the scene for the year will show up at one of the sieges, like, and it's. It's funky, like it's cool. It's really cool to see, like. Then they get a, they get a load of weird kind of. They've started getting like English punk and stuff over a little bit now. There was a few, I think. Um, uh, party pickpockets. Yeah, um, party pickpockets, and I think. Uh, that's great. Mom. Yeah, your right, mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh my, one of my favorite band names from years now. It's a, your it's mom. Two, two piece. <laughs> they're, called, they're called your mom. There's and a ba- the, There's an Irish band called Your Ma now as well. <laughs> that, that, that's probably go on to tour together. Go on tour yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> But I, no, like Siege is, it's, it's unreal. It's a great, it's a great day. Fantastic. It's like, it's like a free day fest. I think now it's back being free. Yeah. Over COVID, they kind of had to ticket it a bit because everything had to be ticketed for, you know. For the end of the world. All the stupid <laughs> COVID reasons that kept coming and going as the time went by. But um, no, like we've played Siege, what, like three times? Confirmed twice. three, played twice. Because we couldn't play with COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. played, we played twice. So we played in the upstairs stage and the warehouse, and we played yeah. the warehouse, which I still—it's one of those moments where you're like, I—I I watched the darkness, like you know, fucking Justin Hawkins, fucking full suit, like yeah, I proper proper international course, rock yeah. band play on the warehouse, and like we played on the warehouse. Wow, like, yeah, really it's, it's cannibal corpse. It's one of those there. moments I was like, it'll stick with me. Like, cannibal corpse been up there? Yeah, I'm, I'm 90 percent sure I saw cannibal corpse in in the yeah. warehouse. 
Uh, I, it's just, I remember, I, I've said it before in this story, but I remember taking a friend of mine to see Cannibal Corpse and he, he, he doesn't like heavy metal and he had no idea what he was going to as well because he was so locked by oh, the time. Dude. So I basically, I went over to his house to get headshots for my website because I work as a graphic designer. So I was freelance at the time. I was like, can you take them? And he goes, yeah, 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 no worries. And then by the time that we were done, he was somehow really drunk. I can't even remember how that happened. But um, <laughs> um, And he was just like, where are you going tonight? I was like, I'm going to a gig in the Tivoli Center, uh, the Tivoli uh, venue in, uh, t- in Dublin. And he was like, all right, can I go? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you can go. <laughs> just setting him up. And, and he, came, he came in and he, th- as soon as he got in the door, he was more or less sober. And uh, there was a band called Man Must Die On who was just finishing their set doing this like insane growling. And he's like, what the fuck was that? I was like, you're about to see Cannibal Corpse. And he goes, oh, Jesus Christ, no. But what happened was, was that during the show, every single time, for the first three songs, he was kind of just staring in disbelief about what was on stage. He was like, what the hell's going on? And a guy came up behind me and was like, hey, um, what's up with your friend? And I was like, uh, he hates heavy metal, can't stand it. And he was like, oh, okay. And uh, he just pushed him into the mosh pit and I never saw Mark again for the whole show. <laughs> That was the last he ever saw. Right? <laughs> he came back like every three or four times, and someone else would just. <laughs> and right when he's out, he just gets thrown back in the whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. I've definitely told that story way too many times in the podcast, but it's too funny. But um, that's fucking insane. I know. Didn't Behemoth do Siege at one point? Or they did. They, they, did, oh, no, they, they played Limerick the at one point. Uh, not the church. The King John's. Was that Behemoth? Oh, he, yeah, was Behemoth, Behemoth on Amon Amara, I think, was the, was the joint show. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a monomarathon then played the castle. Monomarathon, that's it. Yeah. King John's Castle, yeah. It's um insane. Crazy, crazy fucking show as well. Like packed place out. That was just crazy um, to see in Ireland, man. Oh two, yeah. Two of the churches nearby were ringing the bells in protest while they were playing. Yeah. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> but I mean, look, I mean, if anything, it just added mad vibes to their music, to be honest. I mean, it made it more <laughs> atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. There's so much atmosphere having church bells going in the background, you know, like I see like Emperor and I are playing in March or whatever. There's, <laughs> I already know there's people that are going to be protesting. <laughs> my, oh, dad's, my dad's quite religious and he's like, they're doing what? And I, like, he runs like, like a Catholic radio station and he was just like, that is, what is going on? And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to that. That's awful. But um... <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Where? <laughs> Where is it? What time is it on? <laughs> this is awful news. <laughs> if I buy all the tickets, no one else can go. <laughs> Uh, we, we've been talking about Siege of Limerick, which is a festival. You guys, uh, the reason why we're here is to talk about this mini festival that you're playing, um, Shellshock, which uh, the lineup for that just looks absolutely insane. If you want to tell us a little bit about this festival. Yeah, like uh, Shellshock is like, it's it's kind of the accumulation of about, oh, I'd say about years of um, the Nutshell Collective that mm. we kind of joined up with. Um, we played a gig up in Dublin with um, Jared Dirt. Jared Dirt, which is two of the lads from Ritual two Effect. Two of the lads from Ritual. Oh, right, okay. The Ritual Effect is like this. They're fucking unreal grunge band up in Dublin. Love. Oh, Ritual, Ritual Effect are brilliant. I've seen them yeah. a few times. They're very oh, Chris, very good. Chris and Ritual Effect is kind of the the mastermind behind Nutshell, which was yeah. he was like Irish grunge and alternative music is fantastic. It's only fucking hardcore and heavy gigs that are really getting most of the push. Mm. It's bands that can't can't really like they, they might not be heavy enough to fit on a lineup with the the, the some of the monstrously heavy bands in this country, you know. Yeah. But are, are are too heavy to then play in a 
in a, with an indie band, say, or, or a pop artist, you sound mm. for those bands that are kind of out of place on lineups, I guess. That's exactly it, yeah. And then, um, so he was like, okay, we're going to bring all these bands together, try and get a bit of collaboration going. We can all kind of share each other's gigs, get a few gigs off to each other, get some nice, proper, curated, like, alternative grunge music going in Ireland and kind of get, a, you know, a bit of a scene there because there's a huge heavy metal scene in this country. Like, oh, yeah absolutely monstrous and then occasionally you have a few of the like heavy grungy rocky guys getting thrown on with them and you're kind of like sitting there you know like you've probably been to a gig where like you have a, a really really hard guy and then a way softer person and you're like you know there they probably could have been another band on the lineup that might have suited maybe the, the gig as a whole experience is a little better yeah, no, it's 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 a fantastic idea for for a collective now to say because even like you watch something like you know the 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 metal to the masses, and it's like you have some bands that are just like blisteringly heavy. Then right on, there's like a, a grunge band, something just kind of like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> there's there's so much bands trying to get onto the one thing. It's kind of cool to have this like little area for it, and definitely like Shell Shock, the the bands are playing are absolutely nuts on. It. So it's yourselves, pretty limited. Um, let's see, Ritual Effect. Uh, Luna Sky, I think, are playing it as well. Um, yep. motions, awesome. motion sickness, and then Vendetta Love as well. Vendetta Love are a fucking brilliant band too. Great um, guys as well. Yeah, oh, lovely bloke. So, yeah, so you're very, very good company. <laughs> lovely guys, so nice. Literally, some of the nicest people I've ever met. Now. And they did one of the best heart shaped box covers we've ever heard. <laughs> really? Yeah. They oh, um, God. when we played at uh the ALM gig in what month was that? Fuck yeah, tell me months now. <laughs> Everything blends together for me. It was like June and July, I think. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but they they did a heart shaped box cover, and it was just um, it was it was it, was, it stopped you in your tracks. You know, you're like, Whoa, that's incredible. Yeah, to, 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 attempting to do a Nirvana cover is daunting itself, but to do it properly where people are impressed by it, but you know, is kind of <laughs> it's very well, impressive. That's, that's the thing. We, we do them sometimes in a practice room, but we just take the piss so no one can go. You know, we don't want to be held at high standards. <laughs> Not for that, anyway. <laughs> Too much pressure, man. So, so when are these two gigs that are happening? Uh, so the Shell Shock one is in Pharmacia on the fourth mm. November. So just around the corner. Sweet. But almost almost a month from today. Funnily enough. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, the December 1st one is in Fred's Fred Zeppelin's in Cork. Mm. It is um it'll be outsound Steiner, Aries Redemption, Strafe, and Even Angels. So it's actually um funnily enough, we're actually the only band on board of those lineups. Oh nice. So that is all a selection of nutshell bands. Just to get us all together, play gig. Like we've had, um, we've had a few where like we had Vendetta Love and ourselves and Ritual Effect and Ritual Effect up for one gig in Pharmacia. Um, that was the one we were talking about. We played with them, and it was fantastic. But the whole lineup wasn't really filled out with nutshell gigs, and there was another. Yeah, we had um, uh, Creeping Jesus, Shark Tooth, and Goblin on that one, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's like a kind of some hardcore kind of. Rap, like horrorcore, I guess. Yeah, it's like oh, horror. Okay, they're like a local group that, like, um, we know. Um, they'd actually been on a few of the ALM gigs in the past because um, Anna's really good friends with the guys in it, and they're you know they're like a nice local kind of variety thing that'll just kind of bring in a, a bit more of a crowd, you know. Hmm. 
it's also um, it's it's interesting as hell what they're doing as well yeah and it's, it's it's heavy like there's a proper there's a proper beat and the lads are so into like hardcore music like it's it's kind yeah. of a mesh between rap and hardcore and it's really cool that's yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of an Irish horrorcore band. Uh, it might be, I can't yeah, think of it. Um, but definitely should check that out. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I think the two lads uh, produce all of it themselves as well. I oh, think. Sick. Pretty sure. Right? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, the um, the two gigs. I think it's uh, so Shell Shock is the one the fourth of November, and then the other on December first is in Fred's. Um, I think both the event pages are up on social media. At this they point. they are, yeah. I think I've uh, they've seen both of them. The event bright is definitely open for the fourth of November, and it's probably not too far away for the one Fred's either. Well, I'll have uh, links in the description for both of them for sure. Um, now, guys, this is at the part of the uh, interview where I just ask you just to tail it off. We just ask you a bunch of random questions that I'd ask you if we were in a bar. That's the best way I can sum it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first one I'd ask you is like, what do you think is yeah, the, is the is the quintessential grunge album? Like, if you hear the word grunge, what's the album that first comes into your head straight away? We got a little bit of lag there, Aaron. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, what Uh-oh. is the what do you think is the quintessential grunge album? Like, when you when you hear grunge, what do you think? What album comes into your head first? Um, I would have to say. Uh, can I pick more than one? <laughs> you, you can pick more than one, yeah. It's your episode. Um, you can do what you want. <laughs> I would say Frog Stomp by Silverchair, Super Unknown by Soundgarden, and Bleach by Nirvana. Nice. Most people say ne- Nevermind, but Bleach is Bleach is such a good album as well. <laughs> oh, Bleach was filthy, man. It was like, that's one of the dirtiest albums that I've ever heard in my life. Do you know, I only... Cause, uh, no, um, definitely for me, oh, yeah, sorry for strangely enough, um, Nirvana Unplugged. Mm, fantastic album is up there like i listen to that album heavy 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 like i just love the softer side it's it's hard to capture a lot of people don't pay attention to it you know Mm. no it's it's a it's uh i actually i was i was very fortunate enough years ago to go on tour with the meat puppets and uh, (laughs) i got to go on a two and a half week tour with them which was very 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 fun but um, I don't know if you ever heard about, like, you know the way they do two, I think they do, two, is it three or two Meepo Passans on the Unplugged Nirvana? Um, I think it's three. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. Supposedly when uh, Kurt Cobain went in, because um, uh, Kurt was actually telling me this from, from Meepo he said that, like, they were all on for it. They were like, absolutely, we will 100% do this. And the, the MTV were like, not a fucking hope are we letting these guys anywhere near this this thing that we're doing. And Curtis was like, all right, I walk straight away and they were just like what and he goes i walk we're done we're not doing it and they were like okay okay you can get one he goes i want three and, then, <laughs> and uh, they were like you can get one he goes i walk and they're like fuck's sake okay you can get three <laughs> I, I think the uh the best thing i've seen about the unplugged thing is um w- when they're setting it up there's like a little um it's not really a documentary but there's a video about when they're setting it up and doing the design and things mm. and uh they basically offered kurt the choice of an, any chair he wanted and he just went for the bog standard office chair, and I just thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> he could have had anything, but he just wanted that office chair, you know. <laughs> I never knew that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's hilarious. Oh no, the unplugged is fantastic. I um, I try. Oh yeah, the next question that I have for you is: is uh, what's the first and last albums that you bought? Oh, the last album. Well, it's a tape, but I bought the um, True Home. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> that, that was probably the last one I bought. The first one that I personally bought. Jeez. Uh, first album I bought. Uh, I actually think it was Michael Jackson's Thriller because I used to listen to my dad's <laughs> when I was younger. And I'm pretty sure I used to be a huge Michael Jackson fan as a child. As did I. And um, I, I, yeah, I think I bought, I, it was either Thriller or Off the Wall I bought a, a CD of. We had the uh, 1989, well, like the, the, the CD of Thriller when it came out. I don't think it was 1989, it definitely wasn't 1989. But um, I was singing it so much that I started calling my brother a vegetable at one point, And my mom and dad oh, were like, yeah. stop, <laughs> stop calling your brother. I was like, what's wrong with that? And they were just like, that's not just, it's not appropriate. I was like, five. Game it about yourself. Um, so I think the first albums I ever bought, I actually, someone was asking about this fairly recently. It's a very professional head. Um, I bought two CDs at once ever in HMV in Limerick City when it was still there. Oh, hell. Wow. where McDonald's used to be. And I went in and I got the best of, two best of albums, because, you know, I was starting off, wanted a nice <laughs> strong collection. Um, I got the best of Black Sabbath and the best of Judas Priest. Oh, that's right. fucking way too cool. <laughs> oh my God. Because I was like, I, I've, all, I've always looked at Ozzy and been like, man, fucking love this guy. Oh, he's, I, Ozzy's great. I wish we pre-rehearsed that, yeah. you know, Stoner band. <laughs> like, I bought a Black Sabbath record. I'm like, I bought Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really buy CDs. Like, for years, I was kind of, you know, I was robbing things off my sister that she had. She was like, you know, all this like early fucking pop punk, like naughty stuff. Mm. Uh, I was like downloading music and making like, you know, shitty little mixtapes oh, for like yeah. my mum's Walkman that I stole and used and I was walking around the place. Like I was just making lists of songs off Scuzz and taking them off the internet and putting them on CDs. I just didn't buy anything. Scuzz was, was such a great way to find out about new bands. It was such a good TV show. <laughs> Oh, still, I still have a copy somewhere in my mum's house where um, like the back page of my school copy just has all the songs I liked on Skulls that day. <laughs> like awesome. straight up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were prepared for this shit, man. I don't know. <laughs> we, we had a guy in our, in our school, he was in the year younger than us, and um, he would make mixtapes for you, but you have to give him like a tenner, which was like all the money in the world at the time when you're like yeah. nine. But um, I remember I gave him a tenner to make a mixtape of, it was like nine Britney Spears songs because I was obsessed with Britney Spears at the time. And um, then the rest was all Eminem songs, but it was all the uncensored ones, which I had never heard before because I never had an Eminem album. And my dad decided to stick it on in the car one time and we were talking, <laughs> and it was the rap battle from D12. And oh, oh, yes. my, oh my God, it was it was not fun. I, I remember just looking forward and my mom just turned around and just glared at me she's going because you've been listening to this filth i was like oh god <laughs> I was, like, when i was younger my dad was a, a fan of hip-hop as well so when i was growing up it was it was like there was everything in our house it could have been you know one song is queen then you're on to prince then you're at cindy lauper then you're in the slim shady lp and you know then you're back to elvis <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's all over the place some disney songs in there and those Disney songs. <laughs> Some Jean-Michel Jarre randomly. <laughs> uh, what, who do you think is the most underrated artist, in your opinion? Of all time? Well, you can do of all time, or you can do right now. Hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's one of those stumpers, that's the thinker. Uh, most underrated. underrated. Um, oh, fuck. Uh... 
You can't even see us. We're we're yeah, we're we're, we're deeply <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I, mean, cut, I was gonna say I can cut all this. This is not this, this is, is not making its way in. <laughs> this is gone. This is gone and posted. Yeah, it's okay. Just oh, no, get right. your curse now as well. Yeah. No, no, you, you, you got to leave this in here. You know. <laughs> um, oh Christ, man, that's such a difficult question. Um, oh, I might have to give it to Janis Joplin because I feel like oh Janis Joplin got a lot of credit but not necessarily for her artistry it, I, I feel like she did like, if janice joplin would have been appreciated globally for the talent that she was i feel like janice joplin easily could have been in the top five vocalists in history that's kind of a very important thing to point out actually because most like i know jan i first heard of janice joplin just because of the 27 club i actually didn't really know what she did for a while, yeah. or, or how impressive she was and then um and then somebody put her on at we were up in mayo for some like during covid we'd rented a place out for a week and somebody put on janice joplin i was like what the hell is this and she was like how do you not know i was like this is fantastic music yeah. um yeah She's absolutely incredible. powerhouse vocalist yeah amazing vocalist is that what about you again i was thinking it there and i had something in my head and now uh, you asked me and i forgot <laughs> no, what I was actually going to say is uh, Cruicon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Cruicon are brilliant. <laughs> literally, literally, I saw them at Siege. Fun fact, love Siege, great way to access new bands. But uh, Cruicon, first time I ever saw them, I knew about their existence and I wanted to see them, but I kept having to work because I work in a lovely restaurant and I'm constantly working when gigs are on. Hmm. And I finally saw Cruicon and they are booking superb musicians fantastic everything they do so good it's such a good mesh of traditional irish and heavy metal and it's just oh they're sublime oh Super. they're phenomenal they they need the fucking eurovision yeah yes. is that is that rumor is that rumor true that they went for the eurovision and, and, Orti, and Orti turned them down what they, they went for it and they didn't get in Oh, is that what it was? Oh, what the yeah, big like, like we have Elsha now has gone for it. Now she's she's more kind of a genty kind of uh, yeah. metalcore style. But like I I I feel like putting a metal band forward for um the Eurovision for us is a genius idea. Especially like can you imagine if Primordial went for it? <laughs> It'd be awesome. It's uh, like, <laughs> or Krugon. They got in it. Ireland. The, the the heavy scene is is one of the most prominent, and I feel like that we're we're not playing into our strong points no you know when it comes to the eurovision i mean like we sent a turkey but we can't send crew a con folk metal is like tailor-made for the eurovision we send a word bro <laughs> like we're like it's there's such a good basis in this country for heavy metal music and folk music and they both fucking stomp hip-hop as well send them let them go like even even send a scratch or something like that as well. Like I know they're not explicitly heavy metal, but they definitely have yeah. roots there as well. Um, it's just yeah, they don't. Go on, sorry. Oh no, go on. Sorry. I was, no, no. I was, just, <laughs> I was just saying, like I've shown friends of mine who are like from Canada and stuff like that, and Scotland and everything, and shown them metal bands from here, and they're like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "I know, way more talented than other people think we are." <laughs> there's yeah, there's a very, that. very, very, very good uh, collection of heavy metal bands here that are just absolutely mind-blowingly talented. Um, it's insane. It actually is insane. How I, I, we're very lucky to have a lot of it. <laughs> and in, over, in underrated I, Irish bands, actually, oh, there's I a know. there's a band called Stone Sea. Stone Sea are fantastic. I um, caught them in Chennai one time, I think, and they were absolutely they're a brilliant, brilliant band. Very, very good incredible. band. Yeah. And I don't feel like enough people really talk about Stone Sea, personally. You know, 
uh, they, they they were underrated as hell band in my opinion. No, they're very good. The stunts here are brilliant. Yeah, this it's funny. Like it, it when when trying to bring bands onto this podcast, it is one of those things where you're just like, okay, who to ask now that I can get? Because the, but there's and then you kind of get people asking you to come on as well. It's like there's so many talented people here. I just want all of them on all at once. But I still have to have a social life at some point. <laughs> get, get, get a big episode of like eight bands and just yeah. like, they'll all just shout at you. <laughs> Pour them all together, talking over each other. And just like, there you go. <laughs> It'll sound like a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our moms think it sounds like. <laughs> uh, I had a, I had somebody the other day because um, I was laughing about was it the Beyonce song "Who Run the World Girls?" and I was like, you know, like eleven people wrote this song or something like that. And yeah. she goes, she goes, it's better than your fucking uh, heavy metal band. Just going, duh, 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 duh. and I was just like. There is so much passion in those lyrics. Just because you can't hear them, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't disqualify it from. <laughs> I've never once said. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no, to be fair, I tried to get her. To, I I tried to get her to go to full of hell. Well, I didn't try to get her. I knew she wasn't going to go, but I sent a video of it, and she's just like, "Bart, that is just people screaming at each other and punching each other in the face." And I was like, "But that particular one is." But a lot of the other times, it'd be quite nice. <laughs> Come on, mom. There's thousands more. <laughs> They're not all like this. This isn't what. This wasn't my mom. This was a girl to say. But don't even get me started about my mom. She thinks that everything I listen to is just pure dog shit. <laughs> she was like, I was in uh, Vienna like um, a week and a half ago, and I was talking to my mom and my nana about going over. And my nana was like, "Why are you going over to Vienna?" I was like, "I'm going to see a black metal band." And she goes, "Please tell me you're not going the whole way to Vienna to see a black metal band. You know that's the place of culture and Mozart and opera." I was like, "Yeah." Black metal is cool though as well. <laughs> Imagine how operatic and classical their black metal is. They, they, they. I, I don't know what it is about, um, like Vienna or there was, there was very. I didn't spot a single metalhead when in the wild when I was there. Do you know when you're kind of looking around, going like, is there a yeah. Gojira T-shirt somewhere? But uh, <laughs> n- nothing, nothing. And then when I was at the gig. They don't really, I don't know if it was just the gig, but no one was moshing. Everybody was kind of just looking at them. It was packed, but everybody was kind of looking, just nodding. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Very that's different a, vibe to a normal show that I've been to. That's got to be so odd for the band. Though. You're looking down and the, everyone's just nodding at you. <laughs> I say, but they, they didn't, I, it was the band Liturgy. I think they seemed to kind of enjoy it either way. Like people, they were giving it socks, like, but there was no moshing at all. Even during the most blistering parts where you're kind of like, people are surely going to run like the riffiest parts. It was very strange. But um, that's, we're actually at the end here now. Um, so I actually finish, I finish off before we do all the plug stuff that you get to do at the end and get to showcase yourselves. Um, I ask the, uh, each band, um, what do you enjoy most about what you do? So you can take that in turns if you want. Fire on, <laughs> um, I I just love my music. It's just the feeling of going up on a stage, performing, doing something with my, my fellow musicians, giving people a good time, letting people go and enjoy themselves while I enjoy myself. It's, it, I just love it. It's great, great feeling, you know? I'd say it is, yeah. Just to, And especially with people that you're very close to, to make something like artistically expressive as you're, what you're doing, it, it must be feel like the best thing in the world. No, it's, it's fab. Like, it really is. Like, nothing compares to it. It's just it's unreal. It, it's pretty good. I, I personally, man, I, I like the way that, um, you know, m- music from musician to listener can translate a lot you know so mm. you, you can it's cool to see different people's reactions while they don't necessarily know like they're not focusing on their reaction and what they're doing externally so it's, mm. it's interesting to see certain songs or certain riffs certain sequences make people display a, a whole variety of emotions so i think it's cool to be able to 
kind of stand there and, and watch that reaction happening. I think it's a very, very natural and beautiful thing. Oh, no, no. It, even, I, I, the, I think one of the best things ever is watching a band play who actually look like they're enjoying themselves play. It, it, it really, and when, when the music's good, obviously, as well. Um, it is one of the best things in the world. It's why I love it so much. Uh, I think music is fantastic. I can't play any of it, but uh, it, is, it is one of the best. I think it's one of the best forms of expressive art that oh, you yeah. can put out. I, I really do. Um, well, it's my personal favorite anyway. But uh, but guys, thank you so much for coming on. It really was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I can't wait to catch a show again later now. Um, so this is, the part of, this is part of the episode where basically you just get to say what you have going on next. Obviously, we have Shellshock Festival, which, which should be fantastic. Um, and if you have anything else that you're uh, in the mix, now's the time to say it. <laughs> yeah, look, I think um, first and foremost, our next show is definitely Shellshock Festival, ALM Promotions, and Nutshell putting on a banging show. Needs to be seen. Um, we are still working on our next release at the moment, so uh, check out check out First Contact and keep your ears and eyes open for when uh, our next thing finally gets thrown to the studio when everyone's of a healthy body and mind. Make sure you've got your glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's, um, I think you know we're just um, we're gonna keep doing what we like, what we love, make our music, have a bit of crack, and put on some banging gigs along the way, hopefully, and uh. Hopefully people like it. <laughs> oh yeah. And shout out to all the big men like <laughs> Tombs, Schlong, Karst Monk, ALM, Nutshell, and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, seriously, guys, that's it really was an absolute pleasure chatting to you. So I hope, I hope we can do it again sometime as well with your next release. Oh, yeah. Um but uh yeah, that's that was that's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been great, man. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, sir. So that is our episode for this week. I want to give a quick thank you to Steiner for coming on the podcast and chatting with me. It was really lovely having them, especially as a fan. So that was awesome that that got organized. And it wouldn't have been possible, by the way, if it weren't for Anna Command of ALM Promotions. So a big thank you to her as well. Uh, looks like the work that's put into Shellshock has been absolutely astronomical. So uh, please get tickets for it. It looks like it's going to be an amazing night. You get to see some of the best alternative and grunge bands in Ireland all in one place in one night. So I would highly recommend going. <laughs> There'll be a, a link to the event um, in the description for this episode. And I guess from just for myself, uh, if you like that episode and want to hear more just like it, please give the podcast a follow. That helps me out get all those charts, helps it get more discoverable, all that buzz. Um, but mainly, uh, thank you very much for listening. I really, really hope you enjoy it. We'll be back again next week for a new episode. Hope you have a lovely week and uh, goodbye. Thank you.